poetry collection. I have another friend who's got a poetry collection that's out right now. So I'm trying to do um, videos for uh, each of those collective works. And my brother actually has a couple of different things coming out. So, I mean, one of them, I think, has the potential to really kick off, like, you know how... Um, well, yeah, it has the potential to uh, kick off another fad type of thing. Um, and it's, a, it's something that, in a way, has already been done before, so it's not unfamiliar territory, you know? So, um, so we'll see how things go. But the bottom line is that um, I really think that the more that you throw out there, even if it's a shotgun approach of whatever, we're just throwing, you know, this kind of thing, visual, commentary, you know, original content, no matter what being the goal, original content, you know, as long as you're able to do that and continue producing like that, well, what are you doing? You're building your audience, you're building your library, all of that stuff, you know what I mean? So even if you're having like one show, if that show is doing an hour long, but you're able to extract five or 10 minutes out of that to, you know, focus on a specific interesting topic that you can now present as its own individual thing, well, you just made some extra content good. You know, some audience will probably find that because they're interested in that one specific topic. Yeah. And I mean, that, that and they don't have to sit through two and a half hours as opposed to 90 minutes like you almost had to today. Right, my friend? I say they they could find that content as so long as it's not hidden. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Hello. Hey, hey, welcome to uh, HPV. Yes. Uh -huh. I'll let you decide where uh, to get into that. I'm Brad. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Thank you for just bringing it up right off the bat. <laughs> well, it seemed like a nice, uh, nice segue into it because uh, because I tried to yeah. pull a, a double whammy, and you, much like a Magic the Gathering card player, saw my attack. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> whipped out three special extra cards in the form of um, three dollars to buy the freaking movie that we were supposed to watch in the first place. Thank you for that. You know I'm talking about the hidden with Kyle McLaughlin, right? <laughs> yes. Michael Nury. Yeah. Oh, I think everybody knew that we were talking about the hidden. I mean, obviously. Well, what I don't else, know. What else could we possibly have been talking about? Claudia Christensen breakout role. So you almost made me watch a two and a half hour Kurosawa movie. A Kira Kurosawa movie? Kurosawa, yes. yeah. Brilliant movie that I know you haven't seen called The Hidden Fortress, which coincidentally is uh, one of the movies amongst the many that inspired uh, George Lucas in the uh, development of the original Star Wars movie. Yes. So, hey, everyone. Welcome to HPV. <laughs> yes. Welcome we'll, we'll to HPV. We'll edit from here. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So, Chris, I, I want to thank you not only for making this particular viewing possible, but actually being open to watch this movie because it is one of the 80s movies that uh you know let's just say have been kind of hit and miss on the popularity scale and um and i'm delighted that you actually like this movie brad i loved this movie i loved every <laughs> single element of the okay i'm thrilled so yes i would like to state at the top of the episode if if i'm looking at this objectively this movie's a real piece of shit Oh, ow, oh, oh. However, 
However, uh-huh. my enjoyment of this movie is just through the roof. Uh-huh. It is fantastic. Yes. It has every single thing that I could possibly want. Excellent. Excellent. It's um, the best. Well, you know, and um, it's one of those that's been a long time secret favorite of mine. You know, I mean, like, people always have, like, their top five or top ten list or whatever. Mm. It's hard for me to keep those because it rotates all the time. Say, right? don't you keep this movie a secret, baby. You sing this to the world. Well, that's just it, is when I saw it, when it first came out in the theaters, fell in love with it, loved it, loved it. But in terms of the world of action movies, right, or uh, cross-genre movie type things, this one kind of... Um, sort of got buried in the blend of all of these other things, you know, because there was like, um, oh, what was that? Alien, uh, uh, Alien Nation, right? Remember when that came out and became like a whole big franchise and everything? No. All right, doesn't matter. <laughs> Long and the short of it is, is that this movie, um, I forget about it. Yeah, you know? It, it, it's, <laughs> it's incredibly 80s. Yes, it's, Yes. And I mean that in all the best kinds of ways. Yes. In that they take this weird fucking premise that, like, it shouldn't exist. (laughs) This shouldn't be a premise. Well, okay. All right. But I want to talk about this in a minute. Terminator. Okay. Yes. It is that same relative era. Yes. It's that. And those are weird fucking movies. Exactly. That's a strange premise for a film. So I'm and sorry, then, go ahead. And then they, what can we do to really sell this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Action. Mm-hmm. Let's add some action. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so goddamn entertaining, Brad. But when I go back to saying that objectively this film is bad, uh-huh. it doesn't really have a premise. What's the point? There is no point okay, to this okay. film. Okay, mister, there is no point to this film. Uh, I will remind you that the fundamental premise in the 80s for many, many production companies was how do we get a bunch of really cool race cars and some hot chicks and go around and blow up shit in Los Angeles, let's get some good gun chases. Some gun some fights. gun chases? Yeah, some, well, you know. like There the is poli- a good gun chase. <laughs> the police shootout is a nice uh-huh. example of that, you know. Um, so even though I misspoke, I didn't. But, uh, but the larger, larger thing is that when you say this, you know, doesn't really have a point, this is 80s entertainment. You oh, know I know. I mean? It's the best. I'm not arguing with you yeah. that it's the best. But if, again, if I'm looking at it objectively... There is no plot. Well, this is why I say you can't um, compare it to something like Lord of the Rings. The reason that I make that comparison is because so much of the, the foundation of why that story was written in the first place, not just why it resonates with fans, but why it was written, was a completely different purpose than... This movie, The Hidden, with Kyle MacLachlan, because this movie, The Hidden, was literally probably, I don't know, Farted maybe out over three a weekend. or four. Yeah, three or four executives sitting around a pool or in Vegas or somewhere doing a lot of blow, going, oh, dude, 
Who's hot right now? Yeah, we could get him. We could get him cheap. Oh, man, you know who's hot right now? Claudia Christians. You know what? She's so sexy, she wouldn't even have to get her tits out. Yeah, but, you know, stripper. Okay, good, sexy. All right, great. Guns. Oh, Ferraris. Uh, Porsches. You know what? Let's, let's set off a bomb down on Wilshire and Fifth. Freaking A, right? Hell yeah. I mean, it rules, but there's no plot. Brad. Oh, how dare you say there's no plot. There's an evil alien who has come to Earth. He's being chased by the good alien. The evil alien inhabits bodies like a slimy slug. And Kyle MacLachlan is a good alien, so he's not a slimy slug. He's a very pleasant-looking beam of spiritual light passing from one body, corporeal form, to another. So it's not terrible and disgusting like it would be if he actually were the slimy lizard like the bad guy okay and they have a personal grudge because the slimy lizard guy <laughs> killed the golden light alien guy's partner his wife and his daughter so he's got a huge grudge and he's inhabiting an fbi guy's body who was helping him track that down before i don't know how you can say it doesn't have a plot it's all spelled out in black and white a b c d give me more blow that is just things that happen that is a plot <laughs> well okay the one thing that i think but, but, is weird what i'm is... saying is that again okay. I loved this movie. I'm not trying to speak ill of it. Okay, What good, I'm saying good, is good, that good, there good. is no definable plot. The evil alien has no motivation. Like He wants to be president. It goes eight different directions, and every time it's wonderful, but... Well, okay. It goes from a good time in bad guy alien mm -hmm. to uh, Damien from The Omen 3 trying to seize power. There's no comprehensible plot in this film and it rules and I love that love it for that. Well, I will admit that it that um it has a few uh swerves. Uh oh, it meanders off course frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and but, it's wonderful every time. Yes, exactly. So I mean the body switches uh you don't necessarily expect, for example, that um he goes from um uh okay hospital bed body to hospital bed body you kind of expect that yeah then, he goes from 80s chris pratt robbing a bank yeah uh-huh in in opening uh car chase that is fucking magic it yeah rules <laughs> yeah yeah oh again another reason why i love this movie is this is still in the era of practical effects so when they were trashing those Ferraris, those were real Ferraris that they trashed. Uh -huh. Somebody actually spent the money to say, ah, fuck it, we're going to trash a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. You know what? We're going to trash two of them. Why yeah. the fuck not? Ferrari you know? probably gave them half off on whatever. Yeah, exactly. Featured in the film. Just for the advertising promotion of saying we got Ferrari in the latest Hollywood whatever shoot them up. You know? So he goes, uh, so the alien, yeah. which is a... Slug. Slimy slug. Yeah, it's a slimy slug-looking thing that goes from mouth to mouth. Yes. That's how it transfers from body. So it goes from 80s Chris Pratt to hospital bed body. Yes, uh-huh. To stripper. Yes. To uh, probably the most fantastic part, I believe, which is dog. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, and this poor dog man, owned by Lieutenant oh. something or other. Brad. Yeah. They body snatch a dog and it attacks a man and it rules. 
Dude, the, the, a dog goes crashing through a door to attack a man. Oh, it's it's fantastic. It's Snaps the, his neck against the refrigerator where he was just getting his own beverage, his late night snacky poo, right? And then suddenly his beloved dog is leaping through the door, through glass, through blinds. From, like, three, four feet up in the air. I mean, the velocity jumps, hits the guy in the back, snaps the guy's neck against the refrigerator, which is not exactly a wholly stable object to begin with. I mean, the velocity alone. Breaks his neck, his nose bleeds, he's dead. But we see him the next, what, two, three hours later at the police station? Yes. And this is after, of course, they give the dog several of the uh, bad guy close-ups. Dude, have you ever seen Flowers for Algernon? I don't believe so, no. Okay. There is a shot in Flowers for Algernon. Okay, very quickly, it's genetic scientists and they experiment on um, brain development and things like that in this story. I'm doing huge broad brush over brush strokes of the story. In Flowers for Algernon, there's a mouse that they experiment on and they make him hyper- intelligent to the point where he becomes sentient he actually understands different languages and things like that oh and like uh when pierce brosnan gives jeff fahey all the knowledge of the world and lawnmower man and then he becomes the internet correct yes very similar <laughs> sort of situation don't bring that flowers for Algernon shit in here <laughs> well the reason i bring it up dumb it down brad dumb it down well i bring it up not because of the 70s cynicism of science and how it fails society and all of these things best intentions aren't exactly the best choices you know things like that typical 70s glum message the point is, is that in Flowers for Algernon, there's a point where the mouse gets separated from everybody else. And where do they find him? In the bathroom, looking at itself in the mirror, right? So when I saw the hidden, and here's this dog looking at himself in the mirror, not only was it creepy, just that here is this animal doing this thing that it would never normally do, but it also brought back the association of here is this hyper-intelligent thing attempting to understand its uh, self. It being. Yes, exactly so. And it was something that I don't think was intended originally by the filmmakers, but stood out to me as an interesting layer of a story of these aliens using human bodies to... Uh, be their hosts while they carried out whatever their individual vendettas were. Or pleasure, because we see this bad guy just, I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. eating the best food, he's and driving the best cars, you know, robbing this, the banks, he doesn't care. This film begins with the parasite just being a real rock and roller. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And literally, he's full on into the best 80s rock of the time, glam rock, uh, independent rock, what would be have been called college rock at the time, you know. So, yeah. There is a scene where the body that it took in the hospital yeah. is sitting at a diner mowing down on a steak with a fucking ghetto blaster right next to him that he just got from murdering a man in a record store. Yeah, exactly. And he's playing it full volume. Like you should, yes, with a proper ghetto blaster to the point where he is completely fucking annoying 
to everybody. But, I mean, remember, this guy had, like, gastritis as well as heart condition. He's basically shitting his pants as quick as he's eating the food. Yep. You know, so... I mean, nobody wants to talk to this fucking guy and he, at all. He, and he <laughs> looks awful. He is just pale, pale white, almost green kind of white. Yeah, you know. And, and sweaty, and he he looks bad. Yeah, and again, this is this is one of the reasons why I, I uh, thought this movie was actually uh, clever in a way. Because this... this Man should not be walking. Yes. And the way they do his makeup and they have him all sweaty and, you know, green, like you say, and that sort of stuff, you really get, without him being a zombie, yeah. without overdoing any of the uh, effects, you know? Because, like, we look at, uh, I guess, since this, I guess, could technically be considered a horror film, you look at modern horror films... And everything looks just as gross as it possibly could because everybody's trying to outdo one another. Yeah. This is that subtle kind of 80s makeup that you look at and go, that's really good. Yeah. He looks bad. Well. But he doesn't look cartoonishly bad. Yeah. He yeah. looks sinister and gross. Yeah. Like he's a walking corpse being led around by a, a, a slug alien monster. Yeah, that's inhabiting him and forcing... It- him to walk and move you know what around. it reminded me of hmm. vincent d'onofrio in men in black mm. mm-hmm. when he's the farmer at the beginning isn't that vincent d'onofrio or is yeah. That, yeah yeah he and kind that, of is moving like that and that's this is from what 87 i think so yeah somewhere on there yeah yeah, yeah 87 it's it's yeah. kind of incredible well yeah and uh hats off to vincent d'onofrio for that um very unique uh, physical performance that he did as well, because I thought that was genuinely an authentic, you know, uh, oh, thank you, uh, an authentic um, physical portrayal of uh, a, a being that is not exactly 100% a perfect fit for a human skin outfit. He really was remarkable. The makeup was remarkable with all of that. And, um, and yeah, there are some, some, uh, similarities in terms of that physicality though, and that he's, he's literally fucking dead, Yeah, you know, but being animated anyway. And all of the characters who were possessed and until it gets deeper into the film, Mm. I guess up until about the stripper, all of them move in that very strange manner. And then the, the alien's demeanor, I guess, inexplicably changes when it uh, switches its goal to power rather than just boogieing down and partying and being a dickhead. Well, now, <laughs> okay, there are two significant things that happen with that switch, though. Which is part of the reason why I don't think for me personally it's such a such a severe flip because the first part of it is um we see him robbing the bank and all of that stuff but right around probably about two or three scenes before he finds out he the bad guy finds out that Kyle McLaughlin is actually in town and like in close enough proximity to 
maybe uh, be a problem, right? He's going around getting shot up, doing all of this stuff. Before he finds out Kyle McLaughlin is in town, he sees the senator on the TV, and he sees all these people applauding him and seeing the speeches and all of that stuff. So they kind of plant the seed that this guy recognizes a, a hierarchy, a power structure, and that this motherfucker is locked into a power structure in a way that could end up being really profitable for him, right? And we already see how it would be profitable. He loves fucking cars and he loves women and the music. And it's not even really that he loves women. He just loves the indulgence of like food and cars and the loud music, you know. It's not even necessarily a sexual thing, but it is a sensual sort of avarice, you know. I think what I'm getting at though is the... As much as I do love this movie, I mean, I, I want to talk about the flaws as, as I do see them. Yeah. Is that... Uh, the evil parasite is never explained as to what it is, mm. but also its motivations are never explained. And yeah. in a horror film, the unknown is fine, but when we don't know what the uh, threat is or what its motivations definitely are, because, again, you see, yeah. its motivations change in... I think you're doing a lot of the work for the movie in saying that it recognizes this hierarchy and power structure because it's clearly been here for a minute. Well, it's been here for a minute in the fact that we already know that there's like a, a, a trail of violence and stuff because they do backtrack that sort of thing. I guess what I'm trying to say is when Kyle MacLachlan shows up, right, the tactic to me seems to change to... Not only do I need to kill Kyle McLaughlin, I need to find a way to protect myself from him. And right. what's a good way to do that but be this senator guy? Because then, you know, uh, not only am I going to have all this fucking security around me, but I can be on this path to leadership or whatever, right? And then at that point, and I'm probably reading a lot into it i'm sure you're you're right about that too but to me that's but kind what of i'm like, saying is that it, just uh, writing wise yeah. kyle uh the uh policeman that teams up with kyle michael nuri yeah yeah michael nuri yeah, the detective he should have been our audience proxy to have kyle mclaughlin explain this alien what its motivations are what it what it does from land to land because obviously he's been chasing it for a while because it murdered his wife and child yeah because even the terminator had the most basic motivation he kills yes. that's what he does that's all he does he's gonna track her down he's gonna okay let's stop the tape we get it you know the terminator is programmed to kill sarah connor that's all he cares about you're right you're, yeah you're absolutely right about that. There's nothing other than... I mean, the only thing that, that pops into my head is John at some point... John at some point when we were watching the movie was uh, made some comment about um, the alien is just a pure uh, id, like a pure ego-driven sort of uh, thing, which is a good observation... But like you say, it's not enough to really show any sort of motivation for why this creature is is choosing to be so blatant about the way 
Because, yeah, you know, that's because the other thing. it's very much sentient. It knows what it's doing. Yeah. It knows where it's going when it's looking for that senator that it saw on television. Yeah. But we never know why. And it's never explained, which, again, w- would be fine if we knew something about even the character's past. Or why, besides, you know, Kyle MacLachlan's chasing him. Yeah. Why did this being kill his wife and child? Or was the wife and child story just a cover to seem like a human being? Well, yeah, because uh, if you think about it, there are all sorts of possibilities. Like the wife and child's death could have been accidental. It could have been something that was completely unnecessary. Hell, it could have maybe. been completely fabricated and they never existed and it's just like a weird... Uh, maybe di- Kyle McLaughlin is actually partially responsible for their death. He doesn't want to own up to it and blames, uh, you know, Mr. Bad Guy. These are all possibilities that could have come up but just didn't. Yes. But, you but know, instead, the producers needed to do blow and have cars blow up. And, you but know. what I'm saying is that in a film like that <laughs> with gigantic plot holes like that, mm-hmm. that where they explain nothing... The worst thing you could be is boring mm. to me while yeah. you're doing that. Yeah, oh and yeah. Th- that's where this movie wins me over because if you give me a bullshit story, yeah. which this clearly is, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Don't make it boring. If you're going to go bonkers, go fucking nuts. And they did. They put in car chases, they put in gunfights, they did very, very good special effects. They made a dog attack a man. Yeah, dude, exactly. Well, you know. That's the thing is I remember when this movie came out, they sold it not on the alien aspect of it. They sold it on the action and the explosions. And I remember the first time I saw this movie, and this very rarely happens, right? But the first time I saw the movie, it was so good that like either the next day or the next weekend, I forget what my budget was at the time. But I mean, I immediately the next opportunity saw it again, you know? And um, the thing that attracted me to the movie was that it was nonstop action. I mean, I didn't even bother to think about plot holes. I was like, oh, yeah, alien, bad guy. Okay, you know, the only thing that I thought was weird was, you know, the um, warm, fuzzy glow transition (laughs) as opposed to being a slimy bad guy. I understand why you do it, but, you know, I mean... I I mean... You already did so much creepy shit. You could be a little bit creepy. It's okay. I'd forgive you for it, you know? Hey, man. You make a movie like this, you earn the right to have Kyle MacLachlan shoot a healing beam of light out of his mouth into another man's mouth. And then collapse on the floor. (laughs) Yes. uh Uh-huh. Yes. The saintly you, sacrifice. You earned, you earned that. You can have it. And yeah. I'm glad I got to see it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not going to argue. I'm actually, you know, once again, just um, just delighted that you liked it, dude. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. Kyle MacLachlan's weird alien killing gun. Perfect. Well, I mean, dude, the bit where they're in the basement jailhouse... And Michael Nury's like, you had the chance. Why didn't you take the shot? And fucking Kyle McLaughlin shoots him, right? Uh-huh. I mean, dude, With immediately a... you're like, wait, what? We bad. 
yeah. you know? Because it looks like a death ray. Yeah, it comes out, it covers his whole body, and let's remember Star Trek. When that happens to you, you disintegrate. Uh-huh. Right? That's usually what happens. Sure, never seen Star Trek. But yes, uh, I, I will agree with you authoritatively. Okay. Yes, as well you should. Yeah. Because I I speak of older yeah. Star Trek, which I know oh. makes no difference to you whatsoever. Oh, you punk-ass bitches out well, there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you you non-traditionalists. So, um, so Michael Nuri gets covered in this golden light from this gun. And he's like, oh, dude, I feel so funky. Right? And Kyle McLaughlin's like, it's not designed for human composition. So... And we see later that when it is actually used on Slimy Slug Monster Guy, he blows up like he was made of plaster Paris. I know. You know, ceramic paint, like the old sort of like shoe polish paint. You and know? It, it really is a good thing that Kyle McLaughlin beamed that healing light out of his mouth. Because I'm sure that gun just, you could smell the melanoma on, on the officer in oh. question after being oh. covered in that. Yes. Ugh. Oh my God, yeah. True. So The only thing, well, that is the only other thing that always bothered me about the movie is, okay, Kyle, you know, you, you transitioned, shall we say, into Michael Nuri, the detective. Oh, spoilers. But you do this. And um, Michael Nuri is still gut shot, you know. They still got to fix him somehow, you know, because uh-huh. he's in that hospital, and they, they're basically they're saying goodbye to him. He's dying, you know, dead when Kyle McLaughlin walks in. So you know, you'd think the doctors would be like, okay, well, you know, we still got to operate. Cut. What the hell, you know. I do want to focus a little bit on the action because I think we we haven't talked about that quite enough. Is not how enough. Good the action in mm-hmm. this film is. In one sequence, the while driving a fast ass car, this alien mows down not only a man in a wheelchair, but also they do the pane of glass gag. Yes, the classic pane of glass gag. Yep. Two dudes carrying a pane of glass across the street. Yep. Mm-hmm. Except for in this, he fucking plows into that dude and the guy flies like 10 feet into the air. Yeah, he flips over. Now, and I mean, I have to stress... He killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, pretty much. Because the other guy who was holding the pane of glass, while he might not have been launched in the air, he was still close enough to that car flying by Oh yeah, that he was knocked sideways as well. Uh-huh. I mean, it is like... Super massive stunt, super dangerous, and and no CGI, practical no. effects. That was two stuntmen. Granted, the guy who went flying was padded up, but that guy knew he was going to get hit by a car at about 35, 40 miles an hour and go flying 10 feet in the air. He Honestly, if he was, as a lot of those stunt guys are, he probably already had guessed where his body would land from the flip that he was going to do in the air so that he was like, okay, what's the frame for the whole setup? Okay, so I'm going to land here. Okay, got it. So when that car hit him, he probably actually literally controlled his fucking flip and landed right where he was supposed to in the camera frame. That's how good the stuntmen were. 
Uh-huh. A lot of them still are. A lot of them still are. But the CGI, well, I mean, you know. I mean, the opening scene when the guy or when the aliens controlling 80s Chris Pratt and yeah. he they he runs into the barricade of cop cars and just pedal to the metal. Yeah, plows and, right through all of and them. And they're shooting the front of this fucking car. Obviously, mm-hmm. they kill the the host as it would be. Yeah. But that car doesn't slow down. It goes smashing through that entire barricade of police cars. Well, and they show practical effects. Yeah. And it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that there is nothing like you know, um seeing a real car, especially a car that was like made of metal, you know, paneled. Yeah. Type of vehicle hit something in a way that makes that car suddenly get shredded. You know, the hood comes off, part of the quarter panel, oh, you know, and there's all of this all of this uh damage that starts to happen all around the thing, you know? It just you see it happen real live practical effect. It is it's gratifying, mm-hmm. you know? It it's not like watching a cartoon or sitting there going oh well the bullet strikes don't look real you know you're like fuck man that glass you see the pieces of glass you know it's real pieces of glass yeah after uh the slug has taken over the stripper when she gets out of the car and starts shooting the cop cars with the shotgun oh dude she pulls out yeah bad ass yeah 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 and i mean the way that she she's just i mean she sneers and uh, pulls out this shotgun and, uh, what, five or six rounds just shredding this, this squad car, uh-huh. you know? And the cops, at first, they're like, oh, great, and it looks like it's going to be another long night or whatever they say there. And then suddenly they're being pelted by shotgun fire. And then she gets back in the, in the car, drives off like it's nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, just a badass character. Brad, I have one word for you. Yeah. Flamethrower. <laughs> well, let's say that's there's the word a, of the night, There's a fucking flamethrower in this movie. I love the way they set it up, too, because it's a confiscated ordinance from a local gang. Okay? And they're like, oh, look at this here. And, and they're like, what? And he says, this is a flamethrower. And the guy says, no way! And somehow Kyle MacLachlan is around. I forget exactly how. But so they introduced that somebody in some gang that they arrested had this thing. And now it's going to be in the police impound. Right? Yes. So they established the flamethrower. It's not standard LAPD ordinance. Oh, no. No, no, no. LAPD was not worried about having flamethrowers in their arsenal. No. (laughs) But they established why they have it. And uh, how, what's-his-face, Kyle MacLachlan's able to get it, because he's still technically FBI guy. His cover hasn't been blown completely. So he's able to go and extract As an alien it. bounty hunter. <laughs> yes, his cover as an... Uh, uh, his original job as an alien bounty hunter, bent on revenge, yes. no less. Yes, an uh, alien bounty hunter with, a re- with vendetta. Uh, <laughs> it fucking rules, man. Steals a fucking flamethrower from police impound, takes it to a senator's 
speech. <laughs> yes. Where the senator's like, oh, yes, I want to be president. And everybody's standing up and applauding. And out he comes in super slow-mo action as cops are riddling his body with bullets. And there's the glorious flamethrower. Shink, shink, tank, tank. Oh, and he burns in a sitting senator uh-huh. alive. Well, you know. Well, he burns him dead, but. Yes, yes, he charcoal briquettes him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, the crazy thing is, is that for all of the skill of all of the Secret Service and all of this stuff, nobody headshots Kyle McLaughlin. If they had headshot Kyle McLaughlin, boom, done, no flamethrower. You know, have you no seen, barbecue. Have you seen that face? You don't shoot that face. Yeah. Well, oh, yes, of course, I stand corrected. He is, after all, the star of the movie. Hell yeah, he you is. Know. Oh, and not your typical action hero, because remember, this is 87, so you, you still had Schwarzenegger as your main alien bad guy killer thing, you mm-hmm. know, uh, all of that. Different yeah. different type of... Kyle MacLachlan is not a large bronzed man, especially in 87. No, no. and even Michael Nuri, uh, those were the roles he always played. Was the hard-boiled detective, you know, the, say, the caring husband in some of these things, but he was always the individual who um, uh, was practical, you know, the sensible guy, you know. Like, my favorite edit when Kyle MacLachlan is like, oh, yeah, this is probably, you know, you probably don't know what to do, do you? And he's like, oh, no. No, no, I'm fine. And then they cut, and Kyle MacLachlan, slam, you're in the jail. You're done. They slam a a barred cell door directly in Kyle MacLachlan's face. And the expression, he's actually confused. His expression is like, I can't believe you're throwing me behind bars. I thought... I thought yes. I explained everything clearly, you know. And Michael Nuri's like, yeah, you did explain everything clearly. You're a fucking nut job. You're yes. behind bars. Fuck you. <laughs> yes. It's, it's such a delight. It's a great bit. It's a great bit, but, you know. And, and the scene the with uh, Kyle MacLachlan and Michael Nuri when they're uh, chasing down the alien through that building. Mm. And just the shot of Kyle MacLachlan I'll go low, you go high, and the two of them stand in there. One of them with one of them with their uh, supernatural silver. Kind of looks like a sex toy weapon. Yeah, well, admittedly so. Yeah, and who knows? That might might have been the inspiration for what it looked like. Is somebody was like, oh, you know what? My girl, she turned me on to this thing. You know what? Let's put it in the movie. Don't don't say anything to anybody. I got a cut on the side for promotion. You know. <laughs> You never know, man. A couple bucks here and there. But I guarantee you that picture, you go low, I'll go high, you know, whatever it was, that was the publicity shot in every fucking alien magazine, every action promo thing. It's so good. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I said while we were watching this, man, this is the best X-Files movie of all time. (laughs) Again, 100% correct. You know? I never even thought about it from that perspective, but I would be astonished if the people who wrote X-Files had no idea about the hidden. I would be like, you're fucking lying. You're yeah. lying. You have to be. This know? would be Agent Fox Mulder's favorite movie. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, you could even say, now, um, I know it doesn't work in terms of age and timeline and chronology, whatever, fuck off, but... 
You could even say that the hidden would have inspired Agent Mulder to become an FBI agent because of this kind of access that an FBI agent would have yep. with local authorities if he was trying to conduct an investigation. You know, is, hey, I'm a Fed. I have jurisdiction. Too bad. You yeah, know. because Kyle McLaughlin regularly pulls out his badge, but no one ever looks at it. Yeah, or they look at it long enough to go, well, it looks real. Yeah. You know, we're three quarters of the way through the movie before Michael Nuri even sits down with a folder going, now, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. We have a, po a picture saying that you're supposed to be dead. What the fuck, right? Three quarters of the way through the movie, dude. Uh -huh. You know, so. And it doesn't make me mad. They take so many fucking right. turns in this film yeah. that, and it's so well made yeah. and entertaining that just yeah. fucking yes, take me on this goddamn ride. Yeah, I literally I don't want to think for a little while. I'd be happy to watch some shit blow up. I'd be happy to watch some aliens use human beings as hosts. Yeah, and sort of like live vicariously through them while they crashed cars you know and did all this crazy because another thing about this movie dude is that guns were not i don't care what anybody says guns were not so uh prevalent in movies that you were like oh i know that's that's you know an ak-47 or that this is a that or this is a whatever a lot of the guns that you saw in the hidden when that movie first came out were like Oh, that's an interesting looking gun. Like when Claudia Christensen pulls out that fucking shotgun, you know, super uh, riot control shotgun or whatever the fuck it's yeah. called. And she starts blowing. Nobody saw that in a movie before, you know. And here's this hot chick in this short red skirt just destroying a squad car. I mean, dude, that that's why I say it was a breakout role for her, you know. I mean... That that was that scene alone was like, man, you go to that movie twice just to see that scene. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Great fucking movie, dude. So glad you liked it. Man. So glad you liked it. I, I really wish that I would have just bought it instead of rented it. Oh, I'm definitely buying it now because I'm never going to have a conflict. This is twice now. Where I've said to you, oh, dude, we got to see this movie. It's so cool. Oh, I couldn't get a copy of the movie, man. I'm super lame. And, you know, this time you were able to full-on save it, hook this up. And, I mean, um, yes, I pulled a whammy on you. We won't get into it, even though Kurosawa's awesome. But this was always the goal to see The Hidden. I'm glad you fucking loved it, dude. And thanks for making it happen. Man, I really, truly did. And thank you for suggesting it because this is a film I had never heard of. I probably would never just happen to come across. Because if I see a movie called The Hidden, not an interesting title, starring Kyle MacLachlan from 1987. that's Not, not an action hero. That's not an immediate, like, ooh, I have to watch that. That's a eh, kind of who gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why it has sort of a special place in my heart because it's not your standard action movie, but a lot of crazy shit happens in that movie. Sure know? does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was riveted. Awesome. The entire time. <laughs> Brad. Awesome. Brad? Yeah. Brad? Yes. Brad? Yes, sir. Plugs? What you got? What you got going on? Um, Tell me now. Well, there are a couple of different things that, um, I mean... 
from the last plug, I will say not very much has changed. On the other hand, there are um, plans that uh, look a little bit more realistic now, possibilities for live shows that um, uh, actually I'm going to have to talk to you about a little bit as well. Um, aside from that, nothing's really changed from the last post, website revisions, new uh, video at some point. Uh, fortunately, all of the other madness has sort of settled down to a point where I can actually get back into production. So I'm going to say that's the progress. How about you? What do you got? Uh, this. <laughs> I'm doing okay, this. Okay, what else? What else? Um, I have to pee. <laughs> yeah, I do severely as well. I'm going to go wet your bushes. Okay. <laughs> please, please don't do that. Um, goodbye. Right, I'm beating you to the bathroom. Oh, Bye. my good God. Fuck, I got to go, dude. Thank you.